0: Hey there, everybody. I am back. And I am really excited to have my guest this week. Michelle J. Howe is an expert on empaths. And we're going to be talking all about what it means to be highly sensitive and empathic and how this impacts all aspects of our lives. Michelle J. Howe is an evolutionary guide, an awakening speaker and a master healer. She is the founder of Empath Evolution and the curator of the Empath Evolution community for individuals who are highly sensitive feelers, healers, and you know it. Empaths. Michelle is a powerful channel of high vibrational healing energies with a mission to awaken your sense of inner connection and deepen the trust you have in your own natural gifts and intuition. She's passionate about teaching her clients how to embrace the path and process of spiritual awakening. As a highly attuned empath, Certified Reiki master, integrated energy therapist, soul detective practitioner, and metatronic healer, Michelle's private practice, empowerment workshops, online programs, and specialized events serve to awaken, inspire, and lead a forward movement to soul consciousness where feeling and healing are seen as essential to personal interpersonal and professional success
1: welcome Michelle thank you thank you thank you that was a little too long I'm like I need to get this shortened up a little bit Yeah,
0: I mean, I always encourage people to give me 100 to 150 words, but it's really, really hard when you've been living an entire life and doing all these amazing things to like, how do you narrow it down? So as before we jumped on to the to the recording, I had said that I'd like to do something a little bit different with you instead of just starting at the beginning. And like, what was it like as little baby empath Michelle? I would love to just talk about what is your definition of empath? Because I know I have an idea of what I think of as an empath. But, you know, this is not a scientific term. This is not a clinical term. This is a pop culture term. And yeah. so I'm always like I find different people have different perspectives about what it means. So, how
1: do you define the word empath? I'm glad you're asking this question because it is one of the first questions I also ask when I interview someone, and I am, always surprised just what angle they're coming at it, what their experience is, what they, what they relate with that word empath. So I'm going to give you my answer, which is my big answer is, well, everyone is empathic in some ways, right? Yes. Everybody's Feeling some, hopefully. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, right. There are some people that really feel very little comparatively speaking, but, um, So I kind of look at everybody, I I look for the soul in people, and that's Mm -hmm. part of what makes me an empath, I'm always looking deeper. So to me, an empath is a deeper person, I sense deeper truths, I don't look at superficial, Um, I tend to hold the space from when I was like, before I knew any of these things, my husband would be like, I don't know what is wrong with you. Why are these people telling you these stories? Why, Why? and I'm like, I have no idea, but it's all right. I'm like, I never minded listening to people. So, my definition of an empath truly, an empath, and some people don't know that they really are empath. Yes. Okay. Is that person that can, they just naturally shine. They have this like very youthful, uplifting way about them. That's their natural way, period. And people feel Mm. comfortable with them sharing this, sharing that they're not being judged by it, you know, on a deeper level, that empath can be experiencing all kinds of challenges, but it's oneness. She's connected to spirit, she or he, in such a way that she's able to, on a spiritual level, help people transmute transmute like she's uplifting what's around her if you find me and if you're in a crowd the empath will pick out the person that's in pain and yeah. go talk to them yes there is no indication there's no outside reason other than there's a beam that goes from me to her mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, i'm going mm-hmm. right over there because that person needs me right now yeah yeah So there's a service element with it. There's a maturity of the soul. But like I said, some people don't know that they even have this. So also I run into some of the opposite is people either, they think it's like they're a class or two or three above other people because they are this. And I'm, okay, pull it back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. this doesn't make you special. It it an important, you're playing a role and it's important yes. to know what this role is. Otherwise you're going to get run over, tossed by the road. You're just not going to know what is coming towards you. So it's an yeah. information, knowledge is power. So
0: yeah, it, what I find I'm struck by is I really hear a lot of similarities and slight differences in how you and I define it. Um, Because for me, the way I define the word empath is an empath is a being who picks up the thoughts, feelings, energy, and sensations that are coming from the world around them and processes it as if it's their own. And when you were saying an empath is somebody who can sense the pain of other people and then like uplifts that vibration, transmutes that vibration, that's another way of saying we process it for the people in the world around us and as you were talking about how as empaths people just make these beelines towards us you reminded me i was in laguardia airport many years ago and i was like in the bathroom and this complete stranger just comes up to me and starts telling me her entire life story and i'm kind of like I got a plane to catch. gotta go, <laughs> but it's it's that feeling of like, yeah, that we have a shine that there is something about us that tends to attract people to us. And we do, I think, often people like that's one thing I've heard so many people say is that people feel better in the presence of empaths because we do transmute energy so much. So, I love, and you touched on, but I'd love, and I don't want to go into it right now, but I definitely want to go into this more later. The fact that so many people that you run into and I run into are empaths. Like we recognize them as empaths, but they don't necessarily recognize that that's what they are themselves. But before we go there, I would really love to start with you and your experience as a kid, like, were you a highly sensitive person? What was your experience? Like, were you not
1: quite like
0: all the other, one of these things is not like the others, (laughs) you know? Like,
1: tell me about your childhood. Okay, so I don't know, I didn't find out till I was almost 40 years old that I was an empath. I didn't know there was such a word as empath. Wow,
0: I was so lucky. I (laughs) learned about it when I was in my late
1: teens. I was really lucky, well, everything in divine timing, right yeah. everything is planned according. there's some people that I work with and I know that I network with they've known since they were little little kids yes yeah. knew yeah. they you know they knew but what I can tell you as a young child is that I knew I had a mom who didn't really you know she wasn't forward thinking in in any which way and like time I tried to like, oh, I think I'm feeling I'm Like, Michelle, that's not really the case. She was very logical minded and at different points, it came out a little bit more in my teens that I was feeling and and not liking what I was feeling and I was rebelling and, and she'd be like, I don't know what you're picking up, but that is not what's happening here. Like, so it wasn't something that was supported.
0: Well, and I've had so many conversations with so many empaths and this seems to be a fairly common theme of the gaslighting and the invalidation of the fact that we're picking things up that the family members are not interested in us acknowledging, because that would mean they'd have to deal with something. And so instead of validation and acknowledgement and saying, you're right, I'm feeling really sad, or you're right, I'm really going through something, I'm feeling really angry, or I'm feeling really scared. Instead, we get that, that pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That is not, my reality that is not what is happening here you're making shit up which then in my well, experience you don't, know to, you don't know what to think of it you, you don't even know what to think and then it's like you can't trust yourself because right. your instincts are being invalidated and denied so what I'm hearing is like you were sensitive you were picking things up but you
1: were but there was no vocabulary for it there was no validation for it There was no opening in that family situation that I had. And mind you, I had an imperfect, but not toxic parenting situation. Nobody is perfect at parenting. And what I would say about my parents is, and even my mother of today, my mother actually, I find out probably five years ago, she could see dead people, she could converse, she would tell them not to come visit her. Like she, completely was sensitive to these things but she did not want any part of it i'm just like you know as you're saying
0: this my mouth is just gaping open and i'm like oh my god yeah Yeah. so so it's like she doesn't want to deal with her abilities and her gifts and so instead of being like yeah i see dead people too she's like this is not real. This is not happening. I've heard of other situations or other stories with people where it's like, they didn't know until they came into into their adulthood. Actually, a couple about a, a, probably a while back, I interviewed this one wonderful woman, um, Alison Martinez, and we talked about um, ETs. And we talked about like, she she had been experiencing like, extraterrestrial visitations from the time she was really little. And it wasn't until she was like in well into adulthood that finally a whole bunch of family members were like, Oh yeah, we go through that too. Like everybody
1: had been saying, like Like denying it. It's behind closed doors. We don't talk about it. It's almost. So what I want to go back to revisit is that people can't give you what they don't have. My mother was never supported in what she had. Her, like, And I think, honest to God, this emotional communication, connection, support, I don't know, like I went to Italy last year with my mom and my cousins, and they're they're telling me these stories. The women were kind of cold. I'm like, oh my God, like they're all like intuitive, but unless you've been, and it's funny because my aunt, very empathic very much wanted to love her children, but her mother wasn't like that towards her. Mm-hmm. Like it's like my mother, to any of this stuff, even today is she'll listen to me, but she's not really, this is not what she's about. Yeah. She's not going to take a bath in it. She's not going to analyze it like me. She's not going to go for it, you know? And, and a lot of times like emotional things, people don't want the mirror in front of them. No. Tell me what I don't want to see. And I learned in a lot of very hard ways what not to do. I mean, I thought I was doing good. But, you know, when you have someone coming at you, punching you, I'm like, oh, my God, this is life or death. Like they do not want to be called out because I honestly don't think they can face some of what the emotions that would come with that reality or that you know, awareness would bring to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really a good thing. And then I was like, maybe this wasn't such a good thing.
0: And <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sort of that thing of like, people will hear it when they're ready to hear it. And it does not matter how much effort we put into telling people if they're not ready, all we're just going to get is like a big brick wall in yeah. front of our face that's going to give us a bloody nose. But it's a hard lesson, and I think so many of us have to learn the hard way. Of like, yeah, don't volunteer it. <laughs> just don't, don't um, just offer it until somebody's ready
1: for it. I think you're doing yeah. something good, and there, there's a there's a there's a time and there's a place, and then there's the reality that some people, you know, my perception, my truth, some people would rather live in their truth, yes. than get any whiff of what I saw or what I would interpret this as the other learning recently that I had was I have a sister, she's 10 years younger than me. And if we sit down and talk about our childhoods and our parents and the experiences, and we could have been at the same, I completely have a different storyline to tell you than she has to tell you. Yes,
0: yes, yes. It's so fascinating when you start comparing notes with your siblings and, just how their storyline and their experiences can definitely be like, there's the collective or the common things, but then there are also the things where it's like, that was so not my experience. And I find that very fascinating, just the ways that everybody has, like, they're seeing it through their own lens. But also, obviously, if she's 10 years younger than you, she's her. got, she got to completely different parents in a
1: lot of ways. It was a different time for her. Yeah. Yeah. So what I repeat and what she like and when she tells me, I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, I don't remember any of that. That wasn't part of what I remember looking at my aunt or my grandmother that way. No, nope. that's how she looked at them, because we really kind of grew up at different times in the house. Yes. Yes.
0: Going back to the fact that you did not necessarily realize you were an empath until you were in your, like, until very, very recently, in your 40s. In my 40s. In your 40s. 15 years ago. Exactly. 15 years ago. Yeah. So a while back, but not that long ago. So, but it sounds like you were experiencing the impact of being an empath from a very early age. So I'm curious about like, what was it like to stumble around?
1: Like, what was that awkward in between period for you? So I wouldn't necessarily describe it as stumbling around, but now I can see in retrospect, all the places that I did stumble, that I didn't know what that exactly was. At the time, I just thought, there's something wrong with me. I'm going to like make my world this little because... This is one of the revelations when I look back. Every New Year's, I was a puddle of tears. Mm. I never knew why I would start crying on New Year's. And it was beyond me. Like, okay, but now I know emotions are ramped up. The family's around. Like I'm releasing one year, moving into the next year. I mean, I even know now when December time comes around and the holidays and that December 21st, I am going through a shift of some sort and I am reevaluating, releasing one year, moving into the other year. It still happens to this day. But back then, I just didn't know why I was so emotional. Mm, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't also didn't necessarily want to be among all kinds of people. So, you know, when you don't know, I, I prefer to be by myself. <laughs> like, Why do I prefer to be by myself? I don't know. But I almost look at myself as an old soul because I kept to myself. I had friends. I could be very social. I could be extroverted, but on my terms, in my way. And that's it. Not anymore, not any less. And if by chance I had plans and for some reason, some part of me said, no, it didn't matter (laughs) that I had plans. The answer was no. So I was and my mother would be like, you know, you're being really rude. That is the rudest thing you could do is change your mind. You, you made plans with people. You need to stick. I'm like, mom, I don't, I can't go when every part of me is telling me not to go. Like I don't force myself. And maybe some people do and some people have, but I never have done that. I've been very, I stick with what I want. <laughs> like, I, on the other hand, have
0: gone against that instinct and I have totaled a car. <laughs> That's a result of that you know, where I I had the strongest, the deepest sense of like, I should not be doing this. But I had a sense of obligation to the friend who needed me to drive her to the airport at six o'clock in the morning, right after an ice storm. You know, I got her to the airport. And on my way back, I hit some I hit some wet black ice and, and totaled car later, I learned a very powerful lesson. So I don't know if you ever did that, like, or did you?
1: Always honor. honor. I, I don't want you to, to think that my life was like a cakewalk. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a cakewalk because I could read when people were taking advantage of other people. I mm-hmm. could read when there was jealousy around. I could read the motives of other people. I just was mature enough not to call people on it, That's and smart just, enough. Yeah, I, I was the nice girl who ignored all your faults and just kind of worked with what was there. And for the most part. My friends were the people that really didn't have families to support them. They were my friends. And the people that were a little bit more high on themselves and their life and popular and whatnot, I had no interest in them. None. Because mm-hmm. I was not about to follow any crowd of any sort. So always very independent that way. But as What's far as... What's your zodiac like, sign? Aries. I'm an
0: Aries. Ah, I'm married to an Aries. Yeah. Yeah, you guys definitely
1: have opinions. <laughs> well, mind you, I grew up in an Italian family, and they all have opinions. Like right? mm-hmm. every Sunday, everyone has an opinion, and you better watch out because any and every topic is on the table for discussion. So, so, so you know, what you think is private is not private because they have an opinion about what you're doing. I learned very quickly what not to do, what not to mm-hmm. deal with. When I was in my teens, I actually. I would come home from work, from school, not work, school, and I would be agitated, very agitated. And I'm like, how am I going to calm my ass down? Hey, food. Food. Food, food. food the magic answer. It helped me relax. I'm like, oh, food is God. the magic answer. Yeah. Magic answer. That turned into <laughs> an eating disorder. Then I had to get over and move, move through an eating disorder to recover from that. Another tool I found, if I wrote, if I wrote mm-hmm. at night, Mm-hmm. I felt a lot better. My like, yay, that worked. So that was one. And like I kept finding these tools and these ways of managing my life that made me comfortable, that made me successful at what I was doing, not realizing that at one point, I think after I got married and I had my child, I'm like, it's magnesium. I'm having all these PMS symptoms and it's, I'm missing magnesium. I go down every rabbit hole. I needed to figure it out. Never in my wildest dreams had I ever heard the word empath, empathic, sensitive, none of that. So I made it through and I went to college and I did my things. And yes, I did crash a car or two because I was emotional. My emotions Mm -hmm. were intense when I would have them. And it was very hard, like a breakup or whatnot. And I am like, you know, daredevil in that car. You
0: reminded me when I was younger, there were periods where I would be so altered from like my hormones, like PMS, but especially like my emotional state that I didn't even feel like it was safe to drive because I just was too distracted and just too out there. So as you're speaking about it, I'm like, I totally know what you're talking about. Like, I just was I not like, it's know. like, don't put me behind the wheel of a car. I, you know, I had too much to dream last night. I'm still
1: hungover from it. But when you don't feel, you can't put a word around the fact that you just, something is, isn't right. You're not settled. You, you don't feel composed. Sometimes, you know, the word is you don't feel grounded. Those are all words, right? Yeah. And at one point I was supposed to marry a guy. And this is when I really learned that I could not, first of all, I was marrying a guy that was a lot like my dad, but I didn't realize that. And my dad says all kinds of good qualities, but my mom and dad always fought. And I would always get in the middle to take the blow and to support my mother. Don't you dare talk to my mother this way, right? You know, but then I went to college. So things kind of shifted there, but almost married this guy. And all of a sudden, you know, you go from dating where everything is perfect and nice and fun to this is serious. What kind of income are we bringing? Where are we going to live? Like all these serious things. And I discovered that, no, we are not on the same page. We are mm. not on the same page. So as a matter of fact, he's now telling me that I need to grow up, right? Because I, I'm like, listen, buddy, Like, the days are done. I'm like, you are immature. I am tired of letting you walk all over me because I've taken notice taken teachings from my own mother over here. That's not happening anymore. We are somewhat a product of our parents because I took example from my mother and she was never yeah very strongly holding her own yeah so i in the relationship i was a little more more meek about although i have a very strong personality that i wasn't that with him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we got in a fight over a bedspread of all things right because i need to grow up so (laughs) the next day was sunday so we go to church and I'm like, I'll be down. I went up to that altar and I'm like, all right, am I going to marry him or not? What's going to happen here? Because I'm three months away from a wedding. What is going to happen? And all I heard was, well, you'll be divorced in a couple of years if you marry him. That's all I had to hear. I'm like, don't, I don't need logic. I don't need, this is what I heard. This is what I'm going to do. I went. Gave him back the rank. Like, no, everyone was in total shock. I didn't process it. I didn't go through it. I just did what I knew had to be done. And thank God you listened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, fighting over bedspread. I ended up, I had this one boyfriend, my husband, and teases me about it to this day. But I had this one boyfriend where we had gone into a radio shack to try to find this thing. My mother needed like a splitter. And he was just looking for the most like ridiculously expensive, unnecessary, arbitrary thing. And so, and he's talking to this kid, you know, at the Radio Shack, which dates it. And I'm finally like, this is not what she wants. Like, I'm like, I know her. I know what she's looking for. This is not what she wants. Let's just get out of here. They don't have what we need. We get into the Denny's like 20 minutes later. And he's like, so are you going to tell me what that was about? I'm like, What? He's like, how you robbed me of my masculinity. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? I was like, okay, duly noted. You are not the appropriate person for me. But it's like those moments of clarity where you're just like, this is a misfit. I do not belong in this relationship. And I thank learned. God we listen.
1: I learned a lot at that moment in time because I can't do fighting. I cannot do fighting I will hate you (laughs) start fighting I cannot I will not do fighting it totally depletes me I'm not having fun the love is gone I'm like okay so the next I'm like I actually was in the car we had broken up you know we went through a period where we couldn't separate and I tried to like I ended the wedding plan but then I really didn't detach fully from him
0: Been there, done that, engaged, handed the ring back, and stayed in the relationship for like nine more months. Yeah.
1: But I I will tell you, in that breakup phase or or full breakup phase, there came a moment where I don't know what he was doing. It was about him. But all of a sudden, I got this huge migraine. I started seeing stars everywhere. Mm. And I had to go actually go to sleep. That's how, and I don't get migraines. I'm like, Next morning, I'm like, that's it. He's gotta go. He's absolutely gotta go because this is tied to him. It's not like it's not normal for me. And I'm getting a message here. So that was that. But then when he was fully out of the picture, I I always knew I wanted to have children. I always knew I was gonna have children. And I'm driving my car and I have a habit of talking to myself or to whoever's listening, because I've always believed somebody was listening to me. And I said, I said, listen. If you think I'm getting married, you better bring me somebody really good and it better be the easy button. <laughs> like, that is exactly because I would rather be by myself than with, an, with a jackass. Yeah, absolutely. And that did work out. It, it, I mean, I'm like, these are the things that I think define some of our, a lot of our life, the moments and the standards and what we're willing to put up with and what we're not willing to put up with period. Yes, yes, yes. You know,
0: when I first saw the movie Thelma and Louise, the line that I think it's like Susan Sarandon says to Gina Davis, you get what you settle for. That rocked my world. Like that shook me so hard because there is something so powerful about that. I think for all women, you get what you settle for. And especially as you were saying how your mom was so meek and had like been socialized to like not push back and to not have boundaries and to not be particularly firm. You know, it's like, we are taught to settle. We are taught to tolerate. We're taught to accept like really unacceptable behavior. And what a miracle
1: stereotype of being a loving, caring woman, supportive. That's how you do it. And, I mean, mind you, I've always had a strong personality. So when I tell you, my mother would look at me and she goes, you are not acting like my daughter. Cause she would always like, Michelle, you need to, you need to be nicer. You need to not be so strong. Like, I'm like, mom, what's wrong with them? Like, she just, but then as she saw me with this first guy, she's like, you're not acting like, you're not acting like my daughter. And I was, I was acting like her. And he was acting like my father. So Mm -hmm. I was just kind of copying the relationship, but it wasn't a healthy one. And in order for me, I'm not going to long term put up with that. It wasn't going to work. Yeah. Period. So I was mad because damn, I'm like, I fell in love with you and you're not the right guy. Like, how come that happened? Like, no one would in their right mind want to fall in love with someone who's not the right fit for them.
0: I think though, that also as empaths, we have a capacity to fall in love with people and to love people, regardless of who they are. Like that is one of our, our gifts, is the ability to find the soul, as you were saying, like behold the soul within somebody and love that soul, which well, means that we
1: sometimes will overlook all the things no. that are like, ah, you know, find you. At the time, I didn't know anything about empath. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, just strongly intuitive and strongly minded, minded, willful over what I was going to have and what was Mm -hmm. going to happen in my life. And um, overlooking things, seeing the soul of things. I think it's more to do with your personality. Like, I don't know that every empath puts up with stuff from men um, or their partners or whoever it is. I think we can see the best in people, but I I actually saw the darkness in people very clearly. Yes. That's what I think a lot of empaths are missing. They don't see it. It's right there. They don't want to see it, but it's right there. <laughs> it's right or, there. Or they see it, but
0: they feel compelled to fix it. They feel compelled to heal it because... In my experience, one of the things that I I say a lot is, you know, one of the challenges for empaths is that we, we rush into rescue because we feel better when other people feel better. And so a lot of times we meet somebody who is going, you know, who has that darkness and the savior stuff comes in, the urgency to make it better comes in. But it's almost like we see it as a wound instead of as like a oh this person is like bad
1: news or toxic and we just need to stay away. Um, I would say on that note, I'm not sure about the majority, but on that note, I'm pretty clear. Okay, so you, this story is going to make you is very interesting. I'm pretty, I love stories. I, I love this story. I'll tell you. Yeah, the I can see it plain and clear, and I've I've. I'm. i always shocked by it, but I will not let that bite me. Like I, as soon as I see it and I think it's toxic, it's cut off at the knees. Mm-hmm. It's not even mm-hmm. given a second chance. So I'm pretty firm on that boundary. And usually I would see it, but I have gotten, I have gotten taken in. So there was um, part of my awakening involved helping someone, involved helping someone, and that help went into crazy land of connection and attachment. And I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm -hmm. Connection activated past lives, activated emotions, activated. I could have destroyed my whole life, period. Were you Um, a mom
0: and married at that point in time? Um, Married
1: three children.
0: Wow. And so you got, you started going down quite the rabbit hole. Oh,
1: quite. I didn't know what I was in for. I did not know. I didn't even, you know, I thought, in, and the interesting part about this is when you connect in a very divine, like there was a contract there. I don't mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. A contract, but When you connect with someone that you have shared things with in the past, or you have a contract to resolve something between the two of you, it doesn't matter. All the chips on the table going up in the air, like, You don't know what just came in because it's so strong. It is so strong, so strong. It's magnetic, and I'm feeling and sensing and connecting. I'm like, oh my god, I just landed in heaven. I have never felt this before. Like I, it just completely. I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm naked. Like emotionally naked. Like holy shit, I'm involved. Like I have never. Then that I don't say taken over but taken taken in by enchanted? That, enchanted by that that connection yeah that feeling like I just want more I just want my god and like and then you would like get enchanted and then you would drop yes you know, like oh wait who am I what am I? I'm completely emotionally confused. What is going on? Like, and then you lie to yourself because you got to put yourself back together. I got control, yeah. right? I want some more of that sweet candy. Bring me some more of that sweet candy. That sweet candy was so sweet, right? But then you get addicted. It's like an addiction. It's an attachment to another person. Yeah. Yeah. And then it can become toxic and just, it it takes on a life all its own. Well, and, I have had the experience
0: I've had I think a relationship that I was in many 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 years ago where it became pretty apparent like it was not a tenable relationship he did not want to be in a committed long-term relationship he lied directly to my face after I had prophetic dreams that he was having sex with other people with another person and when I said are you doing this he said no when he was <laughs> And I knew the relationship was not appropriate, but there was that intoxicating quality where I lost all bearing anytime I was in his presence, I could not make sense of reality. And it was like, I was like a moth to the flame. I was just drawn in and finding myself caught in it. And it was like when I was away from it, I could have perspective. But as soon as I was called back, I was just like, You know, I'm like just sitting under the table, like waiting for his crumbs. And I ended up finding that the only way that I was able to get any reconciliation or resolution or peace with it was to just like completely like cold turkey, just like cut him off entirely. Because anytime I was in his presence, I had no sense of, I didn't know what end, I I just didn't know what was up, what was down, what was sideways, what was backwards. I was just so completely confused because what he was saying, And what he was doing and then what his energy body was saying were all three completely different things. He was saying that he was not ready for a commitment. He was spending time with me, but then his physical, like his energy body was like, oh my God, I love you. Like we were like that. And so, you know, I don't know if that was a similar kind of experience for you, but
1: it's like, it was very disorienting. That situation propelled me I had to make some really big decisions. I ended up, I'm very depressed, very confused, chickadee. I would say dark night of the soul. And then came the word sensitive. And I'm reading, I'm like, I'm reading. I'm like, and then I found him. I'm like, no, it's empath. Like I actually separated sensitive and empath, but every empath is sensitive. Not every sensitive is an empath. Exactly. Yes. 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 Totally. It was a very humbling moment. And honestly, I wouldn't, I was very strong minded. I don't know that I would have recognized or even like, I've always been like psychic, numerology, astrology. I've always been interested in things like that, that are in the metaphysical world. But I was very business focused. Mm -hmm. I was very, you know, I was busy with my children. Like, but I have always operated like an empath. I had to have certain times when the kids put the kids down. I need to relax. This is not about them. This is about me. Like it just, I made my world work and I stayed away from drama. I cut people out that really were not healthy for me. Like I knew right away they were not, I'm not dealing with this. I can't. Deal with us. And yes, there were, I have had different teachings, different situations, relationships with people where, you know, I cherry pick the things about them that I love. And I know there's stuff that about them that are not, that's not so great, but I'm only interested in the stuff. I'm only looking at them and loving them. And the stuff that's, I almost close my eyes to the stuff that's not so great. And I take the relationship and make it good. Taking a slice of them, not the full version of them, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that. I could do that depending on what relationship it was. Yeah, as long as you
0: have enough boundaries, it seems to me that you can do that. Like that, you're like this person is the third Sunday of the month golfing partner or something. Where it's like they're great for a certain thing. You just know that they're like if you're in a crisis, they are not the person that you're going to call when you have to go to the emergency room at three o'clock in the morning.
1: I mean, it's finding out that I was an empath was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because it answered so many questions. It answered for why I understood people so well when I would work with them. I do business coaching. I would do entrepreneurial work with them. I cared more about them than I cared about the business. So I knew like, yeah, you know, I know what your vision is. And so, you know, it's like the, the business is an exercise to help them develop but I cared about them. What is your heart saying? And they always left better than they came. And I had different clients and some of them were very ADHD or whatnot. And they'd always give them to me, give them to me, because I can tell exactly what they're doing. I'd settle them down and this is what we're doing. And they would feel better when they left. So it's it is a gift that a lot of people have, but they don't recognize it as such. And if the world were operating more on a, sensing feeling honoring that sensing and feeling balancing that with your thinking mind trusting what you sense like really lean into who you are instead of trying to like there's something wrong with me there's nothing wrong with you you just are able to connect with so much more than you realize you're able to connect to yeah this sort
0: of leads me back to the to the thing we were like let's put a pin in this about the fact that so many people that you encounter and, and in my experience so many people that I encounter are empaths and they don't know that they're empaths.
1: I'd say some of that, you know, they find ways to numb. <laughs> I like the people that are actually embracing their empath their sensitivity is so strong that they can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Other people are empaths but you know what I'm just going to have some drinking on the weekend like they don't really see um, or want anything different than what the norm is because they're doing life and this is what life is and being an empath and maybe embracing some of these ideas that are outside of the norm might make them different and they don't really want to be different so they'll kind of suck it up until they get sick until something really hits them hard. Right, and you just said it until they get
0: sick because you had said something earlier and I was like, it only works so long to suppress all the stuff that we're not dealing with. But more often than not, it's either going to, if you suppress it long enough, it's either gonna show up in one of two ways. It's either gonna show up with a external crisis, an accident, a situation, getting fired from your job, getting like, you know, a devastating divorce or something like that, a massive loss, or your body is going to basically be like, Hey, there, little buckaroo. This is no longer working. You have got to deal. And I've seen that over and over again. It's like, if we try to deny it and ignore it, we can do it for a period of time,
1: but eventually yeah. it's going to come up. It all up. comes back In it all comes back. And whether you're an empath or not, I really think that The whole world is coming to a point where they have to evolve. Yes. They're starting to feel more. They're starting to to recognize, you know, the mental health issues, the wellness issues. They are very palpable on scene. So regardless of how sensitive you are or aren't or how gifted you are or aren't, you must learn to go inside because those energies are impacting you.
0: Well, and I'm imagining, I mean, you you have literally coined the term empath evolution. I imagine in some ways that's exactly what you're talking about. And you know, as I was mentioning to you off camera, spirit, spirit, like I've got a whole book that's been channeled through me that's all about us as as human beings and the empath and essentially the empath evolution. We are being awakened, but you've had empathevolution.com. For a long time, like like you, ten you years, really, it ten yeah, years. yeah. I think I, I, I checked it because you know I was looking at, I was looking at URLs and everything. I was like, oh my god, this has been you've had it since 2014. <laughs> like, that's a good long time to be
1: talking about the empath evolution. Well, it's important. It really is such an important topic, and I hope I can bring it to more of a main stage for people to of all sorts to look at this and really consider this in their life whether or not they consider themselves sensitive or not they're awakening this is about feeling what kind of feeling do you want in your house in your body in your life like the environment like they look at you know illness things wrong the environment matters so much yes your mind matters the people around you matters who you are matters and if you keep on you know our identity so far You know, what I see a lot is that, you know, we're really programmed by what society wants, what our parents want, what they observe, like taking back our power is about us defining, discovering who we are and stepping into that more and more and more and using that voice and using like the more we ask for spirit to come into this body and we clear, the stronger we are the more we can impact in a positive way, what is around us and help them awaken. Now, all of a sudden they're awakening. Well, we better have something in place to help help move them forward. So yes, yes. And
0: what I'm really hearing, and this kind of ties back to the original or earlier in the conversation about the fact that you've always known what's right for you and you, no matter what, you're gonna do what's right, not what you think, you know, not the should. And with so much influence in our culture, even within like, there's so much hustle culture that has kind of infiltrated the alternative healing world and the spiritual world, you know, so much 10Xing it. And like so much of these, there's so much pressure, even within our world to be a success, yeah, And, and I'm like, and what I'm really hearing in one of the things that I'm really hearing from you is like, you gotta know what your truth is and stand in your own
1: truth and claim that like, that's essential. Why do we not do that? Like we should be all, why do we not do that? Yeah. out, And this is who I am. This is what I'm about. And these are my, my, uh, I would say values. This is how I define success. This is how I do life. And you know what, outside pressures be damned, you do what you wanna do, but this is how I'm going to do it because this works for me. Yes. As we're we're
0: just kind of getting right up to that mark where I'm gonna say, oh my God, Michelle, I can't believe how long it's, how, how fast this has gone by. But I'm thinking for people who are listening to this, who struggle with people pleasing, who struggle with like trying to go along to get along, what wisdom and advice would you offer about how to stand your ground and claim what's
1: right for you? Is there one thing? How to stand your ground, what's right for you? Listen, people pleasing, going along, we all do it to, to some extent or not another because we're, we're part of a we, we're part of a family, we're part of a of a relationships, we're all always kind of merging in some way. And that's okay. But at the end of the day, if you don't know who you are, I think almost like write that list down and stick to it. Like know the things you like to do, the things you want to do, the th- not the things you have to do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just hold yourself accountable to be you, give yourself permission. And I have like five pillars with empath evolution, which I just discovered recently after all these years. I'm like, damn, these are the five
0: pillars, right? I have the five steps of empathic mastery. Isn't that funny? Yes, yes it is. Yeah. So
1: I'll tell you these five. It's it's simple. It's feeling mm-hmm, versus thinking, right? Thinking yep. Healing versus, you know, healing is you're letting yourself learn and grow and, and heal from things. You're giving yourself that space to heal. You're being instead of acting and everything that's, you know, I mean, you can be stay in that space. What does it feel to be you and becoming, allowing yourself to become and allowing is the last one, allow yourself to do all those things. And when you put that soup together, you really start sitting in more of a, whoa, what does it feel to be like quality, like Michelle? as a dessert what does she taste like what does she feel like like I always said I want empath evolution to be a soft place to land Mm -hmm. I want that to be the feeling that I'm creating and that's how that's that's where I would want to be like it's almost like I want to create the feeling before I even define anything else because I want to be in that feeling every day as much as possible but you know In the middle of our days, we have things we have to do, we should do, like the rhythm of how we move through our day, what we sound like, what is coming out of our voice. All of this is part of the expression, our creative expression, our essence. And if we can get in touch with that, the people pleasing is you're getting love from them. That's why you're trying to please them. But if you're already a pillar of love, if you're in love with yourself, you know that you'll beam out that love, and everybody is served by that more than pleasing them. Like you're here to grow as a soul. You are not here to conform. You know, you're not here for that. And you might think it's stability, safety, you know, yes, but you're going to feel stifled because you need to express who you are. That's why, you know, artists, artwork, that's where the beauty, the intuitive, the feminine side comes from. That's allow yourself to have that so you create your life and you make this life what you want it to be not what the world tells you it needs to be so then all of a sudden you feel like a victim you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off and we all know what it feels like to be surrounded by that yeah because the world goes so fast but then at the end of the day you have the final say yes no so in all this work I've done the last 3 months What comes as a huge truth is that we lose ourselves every day, every day, unless we are specifically on purpose being ourselves. We have to be us engaged in those moments, engaged in that activity. We're in it. We like it. We're not doing it for somebody else. We're doing it for us for, you know, when we help ourselves, we help everybody. Like that's the invigorated, you know, engaged version of ourselves that makes life worthwhile otherwise you're just going through the motions every day and slowly but surely you're losing parts of yourself you're losing parts of yourself till one day you look in the mirror and you're like i don't even know what i like anymore right right right
0: a word <laughs> michelle this is the point where i say i cannot believe how fast the time has gone by <laughs> this conversation has been so rich what if anything Would you just, must you share with us? Like, is there anything else that feels
1: like you really need to say it? Embrace who you are. Don't judge it. Don't should it. Just wherever you are at. You start the next day, you slowly start implementing things that get you closer and closer and closer. And you be that kind woman to yourself that you are to other people. (laughs) or man for that matter. But you, you need that grace, that compassion to understand that there is no, it is a process and there is no magic bullet. There is having someone that guides you through because there are pitfalls and we have excuses. We don't see things. We're blind to a lot of things until we're not right? right. So as long as you know, that's what you're in for and you've got Either someone you trust or you yourself feel capable of moving forward, then you should be proud of yourself. Like, there's that worth, proud of what you're creating, what you're doing. And almost like it's this opportunity to really be awake in a body, be awake of what you're creating, who you're, you're being a spirit. Like, you're not waiting to your deathbed to remember that you're a spirit. You mm-hmm. are being a spirit today in any given moment. And that matters,
0: period. Thank you, Michelle. Okay, so everybody who listens knows what's coming next. So, and I always say, I explain this, is that I believe, you know, podcasts are timeless. They exist. This will be listened to many years from now. But I also believe they have an ability to fold over on the ribbon of time and send messages back. And so what I love to do is use the last minute or two of our pod of the of this conversation for us to broadcast to beam a message back to young Michelle that she needs to hear okay. so my question to you is twofold that yep. one is who are we going back to who is the how old is that Michelle who are we going back to and what does she need to hear oh yeah what do you what if you because yeah, I, I know you're sending she, her a message
1: here but let me see, how old would she be? Um, yeah. I think it was like the awkward years. The message would be, you are so beautiful, Michelle. You are so beautiful, Michelle.
0: I want to add, and you are so loved, Michelle. Thank you. And you are so lovable and you are so loving.
1: So last question, how do we get in touch with you? Well, I have a website, empathevolution.com. Yes. Yes, that is the website. Um, There's plenty of ways to sign up to be a subscriber on that page. But also for your viewers, whenever this is being viewed, I have a couple bundles that I sell. I bundle a lot of my programs together. And I decided to do like a coupon. I'm like, it's a $200 coupon. If anybody wants to buy a bundle, just go to my homepage for empathevolution.com. And the code is bundle200
0: bundle b-u-n-d-l-e 200 thank you so much for being so generous with us that is just wonderful so you guys go over to empath evolution use the coupon code bundle 200 and get something awesome from michelle and your social handles i'm assuming like if people go to empath evolution they can find find all the other things i know you've got a fate you know got a facebook page and you and I initially connected via Facebook yeah awesome Michelle thank you so much for being here today this was such a rich and just delicious like you are one wonderful dessert I gotta say so thank you so much
1: nice to be here so nice I'm so glad you were
0: here as we come to the end of this episode I'd love to hear what you're taking from this show Please jump over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com to leave your comments. In the show notes, you'll find a link to grab your copy of My Empathic Safety Guide, Three Basics for Finding Calm in the Eye of the Storm. And while you're there, please subscribe and follow this show. And thank you for your help sharing this show with the people who need it. Please help me to spread the word and send this podcast to friends or family members who need support living as highly sensitive empathic people. Then join me again when the next Empathic Mastery Show airs. Okay, one last time. Hop over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com for your empathic safety guide. And until next show, shine on. We need you and your gifts here on this planet. So please don't judge your empathic rainbow by colorblind standards.